We are Unqualified Parenting. We're here to do the work researching topics so that you don't have to. We're a dad and a mom aiming to bring you our own unique perspective from our two very different blended families. All right, I think we're recording. I think we're good to go. Hi, Jen. Hi, Cody. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing okay. How was your, what, it's been two weeks since we've... Two whole weeks. ...really seen or talked to each other or caught up or anything? Yeah, it's been busy. Has it? Yeah. What's going on? Just, I'm trying to work a lot and I'm trying to learn Spanish <laughs> and I'm also reading work books at home for work, so... Why are you learning Spanish? That's my 2020 goal. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. One of them, yeah. On delay. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I'm really good at Spanish. Um, how are your New Year's resolutions working out that we went over last episode? Uh, we had set some parenting and some relationship resolutions. Yeah, they're good. I, I went on a date with my husband. We oh, went did to you? a gun range. So That's cool. we did something new. Is and this the fun. your first time shooting your gun? Yes. Yeah. You've had it for three years? Two. Okay, two years. <laughs> yeah, good. How about you? Totally forgot about him. Absolutely forgot about him until we sat here. <laughs> and I was like, what did we talk about last time? Oh, yeah. I said I was going to, like, change my behavior, and that never happened. So I'll start working on him. Okay. I'll start getting him there. Next time. Yeah. Um, we've got kind of an exciting episode planned. We've got an amazing guest sitting across from me. Jen, do you want to introduce who we've got? Sure. Her name is Andrea, and she's from Montana. She moved here in 2001. And she started teaching history at a private school before she went to the U of U. That's where my husband went. We're U fans in this house. Um, <laughs> to, pursue, to pursue her master's in social work. And she completed that in 07. Now she works as a therapist with, or no, she did work as a therapist with families at uh, children primary, primary Children's Outpatient Clinic. Is that right? Do you want to take it from there? Catch us up on where you went after primary sure, children's. Sure. First of all, just thank you for having me and um, thinking that I have some expertise <laughs> to, to add to your show. So, Well, compared to Jen and I, you've changed the, the title of the podcast to Qualified Parenting, <laughs> yep. this episode only. So. Okay, only one episode. Yep, just this one. Uh, so thank you for having me, and um, I look forward to the rest of the show. And I think you guys do a great job for being unqualified and <laughs> untrained. Yes, Every episode, you guys come up with something new and um, and have a lot of good insight into your own lives with your own children and your spouses. So, thank well you. Done. Thanks. That means yes. a lot. Yes, and I'm very critical, so it's a huge <laughs> compliment. That's, that's really good because yeah, I think about every episode we get done recording, we both look at each other and we're like. Did we do it? I don't know if we can put this out. <laughs> and so we just kind of blindly put it out. And just, yeah, that's yep. great. It's great feedback. Yes, awesome. congratulations. We're glad Thanks. to have you here. Yeah. So um, in 2007, I graduated from the College of Social Work. I uh, started working at Primary Children's Outpatient Clinic with children and families. And I did that for a few years. And then I got hired as a contractor to work with military families. Mm. And 
it was probably the most, I thought I had landed my dream job at Primary Children's, but when I got this job presented to me out of nowhere, I thought, this is it, this is what I want to do, and I've been doing it for 10 years, That's and I don't see that there's an end in sight. What made that job click compared to what you were doing? I love our service members. I love their spouses. I love their kids. They they are um, resilient. They are funny. They have all the same issues that civilians have, but they handle it in a creative and resilient way that yeah. I just think is admirable and awesome, and we have a lot of fun. That's really cool. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's really neat. We, uh, it's, it's actually kind of really interesting timing that we have you here. I just took my daughter to her first therapy session today. Oh. And sat down and kind of met with a therapist. We have uh, we've kind of tried other therapists and kind of bounced around, and we stumbled across this guy, and he's just amazing. And while we were there, I was like, this, this is going to be awesome because I've got all these questions about finding a therapist and how do you know they're the right therapist for your kid when your kid can't communicate, you know? you know, That's a great question. Twelve-year-olds don't know how to communicate. Yeah, this is the guy. I think this will help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to have you here and to kind of talk you know, more on that sure. as we go on. What did you use to find him or her? Um, my wife works up, the, up at the University of Utah, and they have, like, an employee assistance program mm. where they will cover, I think it's, like, 30 therapy sessions a year. And so they've got a great, uh, I guess, network there. You kind of meet with, like, a like an advisor, and they mm. give you a list of who might work and who might not work, and that's how I found my therapist, and that's how we found her that's therapist. Cool. Yeah, uh, that's a great way to do it, is to use an EAP so that you're not, there's so many out there on psychology today mm-hmm. and just lots of different agencies, and it is difficult, and you're thinking, I have to pay the copay or use your health savings account for this copay and that, and I have to tell my story, and what if we don't click, then we have to go do this all over again, yep. and so using your EAP provider is typically a, a no-cost service. And so you can try a therapist or two or three and say, that didn't work, that didn't work, and you know what? This person clicked. Yeah, it's really nice. They gave us, you know, four or five options. Um, my daughter has a really strong bond with me, and so she doesn't really do well with other women. So I was like, let's get her a male therapist because I think she's going to bond a little bit better someone a little bit older than I, you know, so I was really able to tell her, look, this is, I need, this is what we need. And when we sat down today with the therapist and listening to the way that he was communicating with her and on her level, figuring mm-hmm. these things out, we never would have ended up where we were had we not taken advantage of, mm-hmm. you know, that program through our employer. That's awesome. But yeah, it was really cool. It was a really good experience today. Cool. But yeah. That's good. Yeah. Oh, and uh, is it Andrea or Andrea? Andrea. Andrea. Okay. Uh, she also wanted to point out that the views are hers and hers alone and not representing the Utah National Guard, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. I'm currently employed with the Utah National Guard, but I'm here on my own accord. All right, Jen, what questions do you have for our guest? Uh, first, I wanted to establish that you, you're you from a blended family yourself, right? I am from a blended family, and I made a blended family <laughs> yeah that's what i meant Both. is that you're in a blended family but you're also from one i am that's interesting did you have 
stepmom, stepdad? I have or? a stepmom and I had a stepdad, oh. both. Mm-hmm. My oh. stepmom has been my stepmom for 30 oh, years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So she's been in my life for a long time. And then my stepdad wasn't such a hot experience, wasn't so great. And so... Yeah, I tend, there's a lot said about like evil stepmothers, but it is like overwhelmingly the stepfathers that I've found are just the worst. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't care. We just the lost all, all the stepfather listeners. Yeah, see you guys later. Bye bad. But yeah, because like it's, it's very rare. I don't know. I, I guess I just haven't heard a whole lot of negative experiences with stepmoms, but it's usually like, yeah, my stepdad was a creep or a I've jerk heard both. It's, it's probably 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's a, I might an exact statistic. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably, I'm probably pretty biased. Because um, you had stepdad. Lots. So, and yeah. you, but you didn't have a stepmom, so. Um, my father remarried once. Oh, he did? And I think I knew that. I think she was enough that he's, he's <laughs> just like, nope, we're, 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 we're I'm good. I'm, I'm done. But yeah, so I, I only had one stepmom, but yeah. My mom's been married. I'll be honest, I can't tell you. I have no idea. <laughs> Five or six different times. Um, Jeez. Uh, and I think that's how we get either a good or a bad stepmom or stepdad when our biological parents have issues that they mm-hmm. don't resolve and they just continue to marry and bring <laughs> their it's partners yeah. into the, their children's lives. So, I, And, you know, you can kind of like, going back and looking at them, I can be like, oh, yeah, this guy was there because you know, she was trying to co- compensate for this. You know, there was the there was the dad who was, like, on Harley motorcycles all the time. You know, he was, like, <laughs> the bad boy. There was the there was the one guy that was, like, almost 20 years younger than her. You know, that's, like, <laughs> so it's funny how they all kind of fall into a category. All of her phases of life, you yep. know, growing up. <laughs> you got a stepdad for each one of those. <laughs> yeah, some people collect, you know, baseball cards. I collect the stepdads. Wow. So. Great. Was there a good one in the bunch? There wasn't. <laughs> not no? one nope were you a teenager um no my parents divorced i was in fourth grade oh and but the problem was is it was like guys immediately mm. there was no there was no wait after the divorce to when she started dating and so i think that as a child seeing that you know a parent's so quick to move on i think it just you're pretty biased against whoever they're putting in that spot i guess yeah i could see that yeah um so you're a stepmom i am a stepmom i've got two stepdaughters one who's 30 and one who is 20 Hmm. yes she just turned 20 so um the the my 30 year old stepdaughter was pretty much up and out she was in college by the time that i came into the picture and so we have a great relationship, more like a friendship. Uh, my younger stepdaughter, who's 20, we have um, a very close relationship. I say, I'm your wicked stepmother. <laughs> and she says, you're the exact opposite of a wicked stepmother. <laughs> and But I've, I use the moniker, too, <laughs> when it's time for me to do something that she isn't going to like, like go wash your hands before dinner <laughs> or something, <laughs> something just that's my own issue. But she's, she plays along with me and it's been, it's been great to have her in my life. That's fun. I've heard that adult, like coming in with an adult step kid can sometimes be harder because 
they automatically don't like you because they have this life with their dad and then they're out and you're in and they like feel like they're missing out on something. Did you experience that at all with her? No, I did not. I was very careful and and made it a number one first of all to set the to set the stage a little bit. I have a 19 almost 20-year-old son. So my son and my stepdaughter are about the same age. And when my husband and I started dating, well, I didn't want to date. I was very happy raising my son by myself with just uh, interferences from his biological dad. <laughs> and um, I like that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so those interferences were, you know, sometimes a lot, sometimes, you know, hit or miss, very unpredictable and so I was just enjoying my life with my son and when I met my husband um, we started dating and I was like well I guess I guess we're getting married (laughs) (laughs) it's like I guess so (laughs) because I had a real strong belief based off my own um, life with a step parent and I still and I still hold true to this that if we don't get married or remarried or whatever the case is when we have our own minor kids that it makes parenting our current biological kids easier because as you guys know blending a family is probably one of the most difficult things to do absolutely Mm -hmm. it can totally be done it can be done in a healthy way where everybody comes out the other end like hey that didn't suck so bad (laughs) (laughs) but um so i was just i'm not going to get married got got married we've been married for almost 11 years and when I came into the situation I was very clear with my husband and with his daughters that I am here for whatever you need if you need help learning how to do laundry I'll help you if you need help with homework I'll help you if you want to sit next to me on the couch great, just don't pick your toes by me. I don't <laughs> care. But whatever it is that they needed, and I just sort of followed their lead mm. and always made sure that when um, my oldest stepdaughter came to town to make sure that she had time with her dad and was never protective of my husband's time with her his daughters. Like, be with your daughters. Yeah. Go do whatever traditions and whatever th- things that you guys do, go do them. And was never um, upset or didn't feel like I was put second or I I think I should have been put second or third or fourth. Our kids have to come first when we make the choices to end up in blended families. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a hard thing to do, though, for a lot of people. A lot of people, it's, you know, I'm part of this family, too. And if he's going to disappear when these kids come around. Am I just playing second fiddle? Because he married me. Right. And so I think your point of view in going into it is the correct one. It's the mm-hmm. healthy one. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I mean, for a lot of people, I think it's not even an option. Not it's not having your own kid going into it too. I think it's harder for those parents because they don't know what it's like to have a kid and to put that kid first and how much you love a kid until you have one or... Like Mikkel, she went into it and then grew that love for her. And see, I kind of had to tell her kind of the same thing you did. She was worried about, do I need to be a mom? Do I need to be a friend? 
and my someone on the side. And I, I remember telling her, I was like, you just need to be whatever she needs you to be. Mm-hmm. If she needs you to just be a friend, just be a friend. Mm-hmm. You don't have to discipline. You don't have to be that if you don't want to. I'll mm-hmm. do all the discipline. And I think that's the greatest part about being a step parent. You get to have this opportunity to have a relationship with this great kid. I mean, you love their at least one of their parents. So <laughs> hopefully, you know, some of those traits and characteristics wear off on their child. And so you have this amazing opportunity to have a relationship with a kid that you're not ultimately responsible for, that you're not the one who's going to say, you know, at the end of the day, like, I really screwed that kid up <laughs> or they are awesome. You know, it's it's really their biological parents who yeah. who get to either claim or disown their successes and their failures. I think they should own both. Right. Um, but I do think that as a step parent, you know, it's it's not always looked at as like the best role in the world, but it really can be. I I went into it thinking that I had to try to make up for the bio mom because mm. she has such emotional issues that I try very hard, like, oh, well, I know she doesn't really have chores there, so I have to have chores here. Like, oh my gosh. I tried to make up for what I assumed was lacking over there, and I think it was a bad move. <laughs> you must have been part. so stressed. I was. Oh, my gosh. She probably <laughs> thought, there's no parenting book for this. What no. did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so hopefully there's somebody listening to this podcast who's in your position and is going, oh, that's not my job. Really, your job is to say, I'm here for whatever my spouse wants me mm-hmm. to be here for and whatever the kid is is needing, which really means that we as parents and step-parents and partners need to stop talking <laughs> and listen <laughs> and observe and really be engaged in a on, on a human level not on a I'm the adult and you're the child Mm -hmm. to find out what it is that your stepchild or your child it's the same tactic yeah Yeah. same technique to get at what it is that they need it's it's weird with little babies too like you look at them like they're a part of you they're but they're they're their own person and even like my toddler Finley if I say do you want to kiss and she says no I'm I don't force her right like she it's her body she's her own person obviously if she needs her two teeth brushed I'm gonna brush her teeth right but when it's things like that like I I try very hard to look at her like she's her own person but even with my stepdaughter going into that I I didn't do that initially it's like it's a kid and they're supposed to follow rules and right. that's the end <laughs> right I think that's how Mikel was too yeah we ran into it a few times where it was like, it was like she felt like she had to be a hundred percent on top of all the little things. Mm-hmm. Why is there a crumb here? Why is your sock not in the laundry? <laughs> Where if I watched her approach those same situations, but situations I created, she'd pick the crumb up, <laughs> she'd put the sock in the laundry, and just give me the benefit of the doubt. And so I, th- I think the biggest problem with Mikkel is just you don't have to be strict, you don't have to be tough, you don't you can give her the benefit of the doubt just as much as you do me. And since she's kind of come to that realization, their relationship has gotten a lot better. 
Yeah. I think, I think going into it too, it's not like you want to make sure the kid's like perfect or like you're so strict. It's like, no, I'm raising this kid and I have to raise them to be responsible and I have to raise them to pick up socks off the floor. But like you said, we're human and we get, we miss stuff. Like it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I think, I think, I think a lot of step parents just put way too much pressure on themselves Mm -hmm. that they just, it's not deserved. I think that's right. You, you, a lot of step parents step in thinking that they have to be the mother or the father and they're simply not. And even if the mother or the father is the other bio parent is deceased or no longer in the picture at all, the step parent is still the step parent and there is no, no, there's nothing that can change that. And so I think that if you are going into a step situation, whether you come in with kids or without kids, that you have clearly defined roles and conversations about what it looks like and that everybody's in agreement. And one of the ways that I always recommend doing that is always asking yourself as the step parent, what is best for the relationship? Not what's best for how clean I want my house, because <laughs> if you come in to a re- into a marriage without kids and you all of a sudden have a Insta family, yeah, you are <laughs> in for it, right? Oh, yeah. It's like wh- how is how do they how did they do that? <laughs> they were only in the bathroom for five minutes, and it's destroyed. <laughs> and it's destroyed. <laughs> There's toothpaste everywhere, and it's already hard. How did that happen? I have an <laughs> ongoing battle with toothpaste in this house. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so. Um, I do too, and my son's 19, so sorry to break (laughs) the news. (laughs) It doesn't get better. Um, But you always have to ask yourself, what is best for the relationship? Toothpaste, what's best for the relationship? Is it to flip out about the toothpaste being dried in the sink with chunks of breakfast in it? For the 800th time. (laughs) For the 800th time? Uh, No, it isn't. Is there a different way to deal with that? Absolutely. But to get mad about it doesn't help the relationship. Because once you have relationship established, well, then compliance increases. And how do you get that? Respect. If you respect them, they respect you. But but up front, let's say you have a little, little angry 11-year-old girl. Or a really pissy 13-year-old boy because he's been man of the house or he's used to bossing his mom around and all of a sudden he has a stepdad that's like, you can't talk to your mother (laughs) like that. (laughs) And he's like, but yes, I can because I do it all the time. (laughs) So you have this battle between, you know, the step-parent and and the kids who have already, you know, marked their territory, if you will. And so what you what you do is you start spending little micro time with the kid. And you say nothing. You might play a game and say nothing. You might say, hey, do you want to watch this? And you say nothing. (laughs) And the more that you spend time and the less that you talk and the less you boss the kid around, then respect improves then relationship improves. And then when you say, hey, would you mind washing that toothpaste down the sink when you, when you get a second? 
the chances that that kid does it increases exponentially. It's really interesting. And I, th- I think it's something that bio parents do automatically with your own kids. We play that, is this better for the relationship? You know, we play that game in our heads all the time. I do that all the time with my daughter. Like, should I really get on her about reading exactly 30 minutes <laughs> or her cutting yes, it five minutes early? Absolutely. Is that, t- you know, can she cut, <laughs> cut out five minutes early? Or if I see the light in her room on after bedtime, in my head, I always just think, she doesn't need to be bothered. Five yeah. minutes is nothing. I've finally gotten to that point. But before, I was like, 27 and a half minutes. You Get on the floor, two Maggot. and a half minutes to go. <laughs> right. And there's no relationship in that. It's just <laughs> saying like, no, it's 30 Robotic. minutes. That's it. Yeah. Those are the rules. Yeah. I had to do it. Your grandmother had to do it. <laughs> Uphill both ways. No shoes. Yeah, it's really interesting. But I, th- I think I was able to bond with my stepdaughter regardless because I'm such a kid myself that like when she asked me to play Barbies her both her bio parents were like I don't know and then they end up like my husband would just be like you know <laughs> just right. but for me I'm like who let the dog out you know I get in there and play with her but it's just because I I'm kind of a kid myself so I think that that actually helped me even though that wasn't what I was trying to do in the beginning I was just trying to be nice you naturally just stumbled into good clinical professional advice taking yeah by playing, <laughs> <laughs> by playing barbies yes, yes. <laughs> and isn't that the truth on parenting we just stumble into it and we're like oh my gosh that just worked yeah. <laughs> what did i just do yeah, yeah. Hey, hang on rewind everyone remember where you were let's try it again but there there is a um there is a modality it's called parent child interactive therapy that actually works on parents and kids learning how to interact in positive ways and improving and increasing the amount of positive reinforcement that we do throughout the day so that relationship improves, which means compliance improves. And ultimately, what do we want as parents? Yeah, the relationship is great, mm-hmm. but we really want compliance. Which yeah, we think <laughs> we think that compliance equals good relationship. Yeah, just listen to me. <laughs> do exactly what I say, and I'm happy. Exactly. <laughs> yes, but really, it's the other way around. Relationship improves compliance, and so in parent-child interactive therapy, they really focus on using positive reinforcing statements and words and a smile when your child does something well or but when your child is doing something negative you pull away your attention you're still available and you might say that wasn't that doesn't work for me and then you might physically turn away from the child Um, but when they do something that is positive that you want reinforced you would say that was very nice that you just gave the dog your Lick your finger or whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is that they did is nice. And then you say that actually s- explicitly what they did that was that was positive. Mm-hmm. And in that way, then your kids can s- when we just yell at them sometimes, stop it. Well, they could be doing 10 different things yeah. and you're yelling, stop it. They don't know what to stop. So they only stop what they think you think is but they think you they, they want, have to, yeah. Yeah, but pick which one's the worst. But What's the typically, worst <laughs> typically they get it wrong, right? Yeah. And then where do we go? we go? 
I said, stop it. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. And you go, yes, you do. Stop <laughs> lying. You know exactly what you're doing. And then the kid is crying and you want to strangle him <laughs> and throw things. And it, it's almost like you've been watching through my windows what, like a year ago, <laughs> two years ago when we were like really struggling. Yeah. With, like, my daughter was stealing and she was lying and sure. we just couldn't figure it out. And there, he actually has on camera a clip of her, his daughter taking money out of his wallet and like looking around. <laughs> and you could like she's center frame. Yeah, I don't it's think we've amazing. really gone into that scenario on here, but it's something that we. It's it's a pretty long story. It's a pretty good story. But my daughter went through a period where she was stealing from classmates and stealing from me, and I noticed that my wallet was a little skinny from what it should have been, <laughs> and came home and asked my wife and my daughter, hey, have any of you seen, you know, I'm missing about 50 bucks, nothing. So <laughs> I check our, like, Nest security cam, and it happens to sit kind of like on an end table, and my wallet was right in front of the <laughs> camera. So in, like, this night vision, you, you can see my daughter. Her eyes are like the white. Walk <laughs> up, and she's, like, looking around and pulls the money out. And, um, what's interesting, it, I didn't know how to – discipliner and I think I might have accidentally stumbled into some of what you're talking about um good parenting yeah yes. and e everything I do that's ever considered good is always an accident <laughs> I just <laughs> fall backwards all of it. us um because I remember when I was a kid I was a huge troublemaker when I was a kid and all of my pu punishments were either physical you know a belt to the backside or you know being grounded to your room or you don't get this or you don't get that and none of that ever worked so I told my daughter that I was going to help her earn the money back by raking leaves in the neighborhood. So we raked leaves for about eight hours straight on like this Saturday <laughs> in the fall. And she, I mean, I let her do the first house by herself and she got absolutely exhausted, Jeez. you know, and just wore herself out. And so I just got up and picked up the slack. And I think her seeing that this isn't a punishment, he's helping me. And we're figuring this out. Um, our relationship changed a little bit that day. And ever since then, it's been very good open communication between the two of us. And I think it's because instead of yelling and instead of doing that, I might have accidentally, you know, spent that time. And a lot of that was quiet time raking leaves on a Saturday. Mm. So I'll t I'll, I will help you understand what happened. <laughs> Is she learned that if she does something bad, that you still love her, therefore you built trust. So now she trusts that she can come to you or she can admit something because you built a little bit of trust with her without freaking out. You gave her a helping hand. You didn't shame her. You didn't punish her in the strict sense of the word. Um, so she began to trust you. And maybe since that time when you want to flip out at her, and you don't, she says, okay, I can trust my dad a little bit more. I can tell him the truth that, yes, I drank the last of the juice and put it back <laughs> in the refrigerator without yeah. telling anybody <laughs> because nobody else in the house actually would do it besides me. So I can tell him, yes, I did that. And he's going to say, okay, well, that doesn't work for this house. So how are you going to get another bottle of juice? If so, if you're reacting that way, then she begins to trust. And that goes for our own biological children and our stepchildren, that when we respond in a way that 
um, is loving and kind and respectful and is loving them the way that they need to be loved. Because all of our kids are different. Right. Some of our kids, we can just look at them and be like, dude. <laughs> and then they're done, right? They just don't do that again. Right. Other kids are like, you say, dude. And they're like, what? What did I do? Oh, what? So you're mad that I took $10 from your wallet? What? <laughs> Big, what deal. Big deal. Big deal. What are you going to do with it? You don't even need it. <laughs> you, I even heard you tell mom you didn't need it. <laughs> you told her she could have it. And she said she didn't need it either. So I so took it. Free. it was up so it's free. Yeah, exactly. It had my name on it. So it's kind of your fault. And so <laughs> we have all of our kids need to be loved and, and disciplined in certain ways. And one of the ways that I talk about that is if you picture a, a box, um, I fell into this. Actually, this was trying to describe to my son, if you do good behaviors, then you get privileges. If you do bad behaviors, I take them away. <laughs> and he was not getting it. <laughs> and so I drew a box and I wrote him in the middle and I said, Max, I said, in this box, this is your freedom box. You get to do and be and say whatever you want, whoever you are. He went through some crazy, crazy uh, <laughs> things like, uh, he decided when uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was huge, he thought he wanted to be Jack Sparrow. <laughs> and so he was like, can you take me to the drugstore so I can get some eyeliner and mascara? <laughs> I was like, um, yes. <laughs> Following my own. It's hard to follow your own advice, you know. Mm -hmm. You didn't freak out, though. Oh, on the inside I did. <laughs> but like, but I was like, what is this for? What is he doing? <laughs> I was like, Sure. And so eventually I figured out why he wanted it. And so he, I think I even helped him put it on once or twice because he's like poking himself in the <laughs> eye, which is, I don't know how to put makeup on. I just learned like three weeks ago. So <laughs> not even a joke. This looks great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so in the, in the box, our kids have all of their weird little quirks and they like to have their specific pink cup and they like to go you know, brush their teeth after they do a certain thing and they have a certain order and all that stuff doesn't really matter. Like 95% of what our kids do in a day doesn't ultimately matter. It's just who they are. Mm. I have tons, tons of weird crap. You ask my <laughs> husband, actually ask anybody in my life. They're like, she is super weird. Any <laughs> of my clients they are like, they know they come in, they're like, they see me with my heating pad, <laughs> my table full of empty and sometimes half full coffee cups <laughs> that have been there for a week or two. <laughs> and I, it's, but it's who I am and mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. And so when your kids, especially, and this is hard for step parents, especially because it's, you, you learn to grow and love your stepchildren. It's not an automatic bond. Like mm -hmm. when you had your daughter, it's like, oh, boom, there she is. I love her. Mm -hmm. I loved her before I even saw her, but now I really love her. When you have a step child, it's like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I, have, I have no opinions uh -huh. on you. Why yes. is it so loud all the time? Yes. And what is that smell? And what? Why? And so um, you figure out their quirks. But then in a good parenting relationship, whether that's step or biological, that when the kid hits the wall of the freedom box and 
They're like, and I'd like to now push everybody over and do whatever I want. A parent and a step parent says, mm, that doesn't work. Remember? And when I say M mm, and remember, that means that you've done some previous legwork by saying to your children and sitting down with them, especially you have older, your stepdaughter and your daughter, they're uh, 12, 10, 11, 10 12, and 12. Yeah. Absolutely. So they are well old enough to, to, in fact, I think that three and up is 100% capable of doing this, sitting down with parent and writing out, or if you have little ones, toddlers that can't read pictures and Inst- uh, not Instagram, what's the other one? Pin- Pinterest mm-hmm. has just made, I used to explain this and it used to be this big, huge explanation. Now all I have to say is go on Pinterest <laughs> and find some stickers and a cute chart and make a schedule for your kids. That yeah. is the morning routine, the afternoon routine and the evening routine. And you as the parent know exactly what you want your kids to do in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. And so you just ask your kids, what do you want to do first when you wake? First of all, what time do you want to wake up? Mm. This is also great on time management. And so what time do you want to wake up? And do you want an alarm or do you want me to wake you up? Mm. And 12-year-olds and 10-year-olds say, I want an alarm <laughs> only because it promises a new item in the home right. and, a sh- and a trip new to stuff. Walmart. That's the only reason and why they... And a snooze button. And a snooze button. And you go, okay, great. And so if you have a, you know, dead to the world child, you know, you might say, and if the alarm doesn't happen to, you know, wake you up, do you want me to come in and check on you in at a certain time? And they'll say, yeah, Yes, I <laughs> guess, but I'll be up, and they're not. But you have it scheduled, and you say, okay, you get up at 7, and then if you're still not up by 7.10, you want me to come in? Is that what I'm hearing you? So that when you come in at 7.10, you aren't the devil, <laughs> right? Because you're just doing what what they yeah. asked you to do. As you go in with cl- clipboard and pointing at schedule and saying, look, <laughs> yes. it's 7.30. Yes, you have your wireless headset on, and you're hollering, you're the schedule. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What you do is you just say, I'm following the schedule. And, and then if they don't get up, then you just walk out. And But they are on their own schedule. Because mm-hmm. what do kids control, especially in blended families? Not much. Yeah, no. not much at all. Not much. And so the idea is always to give our kids power before they try to just rip it from our <laughs> cold, dead hands. <laughs> because trying to get it back from them is really difficult. Oh, I'm sure. So you have a pretty fresh slate with a is two-year-old. Is that how old your daughter is? She's almost, almost two. She's almost two. Months, yeah. yeah, so you're, you know... You're doing this podcast just in the nick of time, yes. <laughs> just before you like, uh, there was, I could have turned back, but now, <laughs> no. And now everyone will know too. We'll watch, yeah. we'll watch as Finley grows up and be like, Jen did not listen. <laughs> yes. She, she did not take her own advice. <laughs> she really blew it. I have a, I have a advice for buying an alarm clock for your kid. If they don't know how to use an alarm clock, like my stepdaughter did it. Don't teach them the snooze button. They don't need to know that it exists. It's Brilliant. so amazing. I just told her this is off. And she's like, what does that button do? I don't know. Don't push it. It might accidentally shut off the alarm. Then you won't be up in time. <laughs> the alarm oh. might blow up. Don't yeah. touch it. <laughs> be scarred for life. So yeah, she just 
shuts it off and get it gets yeah. up. She doesn't know that there's such thing as snooze, oh, and that's it's amazing. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That that's the kind of parenting I'm talking about right there. Yeah, that's really good. Aubrey has her. She knows what the snooze button is. She's allowed one snooze, <laughs> but it's like she has like a loft bed. And then mm. her alarm clock's like down oh, in the dresser. Oh, jeez, that's just me. So there's there's some like effort involved in her ignoring her alarm <laughs> clock. You know, she has to climb down, climb up. Smart though. Yeah, so we can really yeah, call her out on it. And it should be that way. Yeah. I should have it that way. <laughs> Our kids should have it that way. And so when when we write help our kids create a schedule and they've done it, you I always sit back with a kid after I've worked with them in session typically or with my own son when he was younger and I would say wow look at that you are amazing most adults don't know how to make a schedule like this and you did that you have so much power and control over your day wow and in the afternoon if you hurry up and do your chore and your homework then look at how I always give free time a big fat chunk of free time (laughs) look at how much free time you have and that could be an hour or two hours. So they start putting two and two together. Okay, so if I don't fight with anybody, I don't procrastinate, I don't act like I'm being stabbed in the stomach by a million little <laughs> pins, therefore I'm on the floor dying or in my bedroom <laughs> crying, um, then I get a ton of free time. And I get to do whatever I want with it. Now, the hard part for free time for parents is what? Noise? <laughs> uh, actually letting yeah, them letting have the free be. time. Oh. <laughs> because we look, we're like, they're not doing anything. Uh, hell no. Is she watching <laughs> that stupid show on Netflix yep. for the 18th time in a row? Yep. Nope. It is time to take the trash out. You know what else? It's time to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, no. And then she, you know, he or she, you know, gets grumpy with you. And you're like great, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time. No, you didn't. You just wanted them to stop having their free time (laughs) because you didn't like what they were doing. But that's a really good point is on the free time, you can help decide, you know, you get X amount of hours on video games. Mm -hmm. So whatever, if you want to spend the first 20 minutes of your free time playing video games, awesome. And the next 20 minutes watching something watching somebody else play video games on YouTube. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid, but fine. <laughs> if you don't care about your brain cells, then that's on you. You're the one who has to live with your brain for the rest of your life. Yeah. I have already ruined my brain cells. <laughs> you don't have to. You see me? Do you really want to turn out like me? And so <laughs> you um, you help them see that, and then they have that free time, and they have that free time. And then after dinner... So dinner is sort of the break, and then dinner as a family, as best as we all can. It looks different in all families. And then the evening is really that time spent where you have that one-on-one time. And I think that for uh, parents and bio kids to have that one-on-one time with their bio parent alone in a room without the step-parent around is probably the most healing and the most um, stabilizing factor and the most stabilizing thing that we can do hmm. is to stay away, the step-parent, to stay away while bio-parent and bio-child have that time. And it becomes this, wow, I want to spend time with my dad. And we get to in 10 minutes because it's on my schedule. And it's not something that you ever take away. It's it's right. It's mm-hmm. not the... 
oh, you were a little snot today, so there goes free time with me. No, (laughs) it is very, uh, it's unconditional. Mm -hmm. It happens whether they're being bratty or whether they're being sweet as sugar that day. And in doing that, they begin back to the trust thing. They begin to trust that you are going to be the same no matter what they do which is right. so extremely important mm. for toddlers. If we we want our toddlers to know that they can make mistakes and that the consequence doesn't excite us or doesn't upset us and it also doesn't make us happy and we're not apathetic towards it. We just say that's not how you were you learned to eat your lunch. <laughs> it looks like you'll have to go clean it up and then go spend some time calming down in your room or whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But if your baby spills food and you flip out on a Tuesday afternoon, but then Wednesday you have a headache because you had such a bad day Tuesday, you don't even care. You're like, whatever. Are you live? (laughs) Anything sharp? No, fine. So baby spills food and then you don't say anything because you've, you know, given up, then baby's like, so what is it? Um, is it bad or is it fine? How? And then on that freedom box, if you can imagine then if the right side of the box when the child tries to push that boundary is solid and on the left-hand side, the baby or child starts to push and they punch through that wall, out there, I call that no man's land. It's probably <laughs> scary for them. Yes, that is... That's exactly it. It's super scary. It's like a trust fall or playing pin the tail on the donkey. Somebody blindfolds you, spins you around. You're like, in this room right now, in this studio, (laughs) it's totally safe, right? But if we turned off the lights and you guys spun me around... I would freak out. (laughs) I would freak out and I would be like, I know there's a cliff in here. There's a 50-foot drop. And that's how our kids feel when they are able to push through that freedom box out there in no man's land, and they don't have anything to grab onto because you, the adults in their children's lives, are the only solid thing. They should be able to count on you and trust you no matter what it is that they do. So I think this is some of what what my daughter's going through. Um, after I divorced, my ex-wife fled the state with my daughter, um, to Seattle and kind of sat up there and said, too bad. You're not going to see your daughter. This is how it is. Well, we don't know what my ex-wife suffers with. We don't know if it's like borderline personality disorder, schizophrenia. We don't know what it is. She's living on the streets now. Both. Probably. Lots of things. Um, When they were in Seattle living together, um, they were living with my ex's parents. Well, they went to work. And during the day, it was just my daughter and my ex. Well, my ex was really withdrawn. And she was all day alone in, you know, the room by herself. And if my daughter would come in and ask for food, you know, get the fuck out of my room. And she'd throw stuff at her. And so I think this is some of what is, like, we're trying to, like, fix now is I think my daughter... She didn't have those set of rules. And when she asked for those basic needs and getting yelled at, I can only imagine what that would do. Sure. And so she's, so now she's trying to figure out what the parameters are to this world. 
am I allowed to have my basic needs met without getting yelled at or uh, who knows, love withdrawn or physical um, aggression? Who knows what she endured? And so am I allowed to get my basic needs met without getting in trouble? Am I allowed to ask for more than my basic needs? And she was stealing. Why? Because she thought, well, this is a good way to maybe have a little something to hold on to just in case. Now, whether she was able to ever articulate that or not, but kids who have attachment issues um, tend to lie and tend to steal because they don't trust the environment. They don't trust the adults in the environment. How do you, how do you, I mean, besides what we talked about spending time and, you know, changing the way we approach some of that discipline, how do you help create that environment or how do you, I guess, convince them or show them that this is safe. You're totally safe here. So I think that it's, if you have a child who has attachment issues or has been, has been traumatized in any way, um, whether they're your biological, your stepkids, it's, you want to be predictable. You, the adult want, and the environment needs to be predictable and knowable and, um, that they, they don't have to wonder what you what you are going to be like when you wake up or when you get home from work. They know that regardless, you're going to be kind. You're going to smile. And if you've had a bad day, you say, I've had a really hard day. Do you mind if I just go away for a half an hour and I will be back in one half an hour? And then you are back in a half an hour, whether you're ready or not. Yeah. Because we need to, when we say to our children, this is what's going on with us and this is what we're going to do. We have to do it. And that goes for that goes for um, us and our biological kids. Now, do we have some more wiggle room on our biological kids? I think we do. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they're a little bit more forgiving and they have that, that different bond with us. And so if we are like, I'll be back in a half hour and we come back in 45 minutes and they haven't experienced trauma, they're like, dude... Like, dude, you know, Traffic. it happens, Big deal. <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you recover? Like, um, like my daughter, I'm usually super calm with her. Even if she throws her food across the room, like she does occasionally, I'm just like, I guess we're done eating. Cause mm-hmm. that's not what we do with our food. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes like in the car after I just got off work and she's like screaming and I can't see her, but I, she's saying like, I can tell she wants something that she can't right. reach. And I'm like, I'm driving. I have to keep driving because I will be unsafe if I try to help you right now so I can help you when I get home. And then she's just like, no, that bad, you know, just screaming louder and louder. And then sometimes I'll snap and be like, Finley, I heard you stop. Like, you know, mm-hmm. where you do snap. And then usually I'm like, I'm sorry I got mad. You're being very loud and I have, a, you know, but sure. how do you recover? Do you suggest apologizing? Do you suggest just pretending like it didn't happen and doing better next yeah. time? Or That's a really good question. Uh, first, to back up to, to the, the scenario, you've been at work all day. She's been at daycare all day. You're both pissy. <laughs> You're both tired. You both want dinner. You're both, you just both want to get home. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the ride is not going to be great. (laughs) Sometimes it's just going to be a longer commute. And you getting upset with her does not help the situation. Mm -mm. 
in fact, it throws fuel onto the fire. Mm-hmm. So you can do some preventative things to say, what are the, what do you want before I get in the car? Remember, when I'm driving, I can't help you. Mm. And so you do a lot of preventative stuff. That's I think that when we do preventative work with our kids or with our spouses or with anybody, really, it solves so many problems. Mm. So you just do some upfront stuff. And she's still going to cry and get mad because <laughs> she's 18 19 months old and <laughs> she just is and <laughs> <laughs> that's just how that goes and so you sing a song every time <laughs> she does that you just do something f- whatever it is that you want to do find that if you want to hum if you want to sing a soft lullaby just throw on some heavy metal and just rage with her just <laughs> I would say something rage. calm but you can yeah throw on throw on some rage against the machine I don't know you know it's funny there was one night when she was like six months old and she usually sleeps really well and she wasn't sleeping and like we tried everything we tried singing calm music and I remember I listened to disturbed a lot when I was pregnant for some reason I loved disturbed at that time and I put that on and she was out like lying. oh my it's gosh like, blah, blah, blah. That's, <laughs> she was that's awesome it was yes. amazing <laughs> so yeah that just proves you know when you Maybe have I'll a baby in utero on. you still need to be calm and be aware. So maybe throw on some disturbed on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But whatever that Might is. Help both of us. <laughs> yeah, but whatever that is that you're always going to do the same thing. So you're super predictable. Mm. And so that she knows that she can throw the biggest fit in the world. And you can say, I know you're really sad right now. We'll be home in 20 minutes. When mommy's phone makes the sound, then that means we'll be home. Mm. And you can start creating a more predictable atmosphere for her. Mm. But that doesn't mean she's not going to lose it, but you at least have some control saying, okay, I'm not going to let her push through that left side and end up in no man's land where we're, where where you're both in no man's land. Cause that's when I get stressed is I feel like I know what to do so much of the time. And then, and then in that moment, I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. And then that's when you, I think that's when most people snap is when they're Mm -hmm. just like, They've, res- they've ran out of options. And right. And even as whoever's listening right now, you're going to hear this advice and you you might think, wow, she's so smart. That's such great advice. <laughs> or you might think, wow, wow, I can't believe they had her on. <laughs> but let's say you are in the first group and you are listening and you want to take that advice and um, and start being predictable. It's not going to be perfect but it will eventually iron out. And the best news is that you are going to be calm. Mm -hmm. And if you're calm, then your child, even if they're not calm in the moment, they will calm down a lot more quickly. And then you'll have a really great night. And, and I think that that's what you have to keep in mind. Yeah. And if, and if you're calm, then it's much harder for them to get to you. Whereas if you're already agitated, then Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Jen, did you have any questions? Um, We've covered like most of them actually, but I wanted to ask um, for families out there, are there any like super obvious or alarming red flags that you see like in kids or even in adults, but mostly, mostly kids probably like 
you need to take them to a therapist because something might be going on at the other house that you don't know about or something might be going on at school? Like, is there something that... Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of behaviors that we want to watch for in our children. Um, and we didn't even really talk about how to manage going back from house to house. And <laughs> same <laughs> principles apply. I'll just get that out there, but then I'll, I, I will now answer your question. We're, we're going to have to have you back on again. <laughs> talk about <laughs> yeah. some of that other stuff. Yeah. Um, so kids' anger and depression manifests in all sorts of crazy ways. All sorts of crazy ways, from headaches to stomach aches to my ankle hurts, my wrist hurts, mm. um, eating too much, not eating, sleep problems, having a hard time going to sleep, having a hard time waking up, um, being, you know, sad at school, going to their teacher and crying, getting in fights, physical aggression, throwing, hitting, swearing. Um, uh, self-soothing if they don't really know how to self-soothe and you're seeing them try to self-soothe meaning you know like a baby will suckle or and as they get older they play quietly and if a kid doesn't know how to be by themselves to play then those are some those are some big red flags Um, headaches stomach aches Um, sometimes you might hear a kid say I'm hearing voices i that's a sign that they're in some distress, but not schizophrenic or anything like that. They just are having a ton of anxiety and depression. That's don't know how to good to know. It. If my kid said that she was hearing voices, I'd be like, oh, really? But inside, I'd probably be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> She's <laughs> going to murder me. Yes. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so all of, all, all of those things are just red flags that you want to... Um, grades, obviously. We're always... As parents, we're all over the... The grades. Always. I only care about grades to see if they are deviating from the kids' normal um, norm, mm. their baseline. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Do you have to any know. other questions? Um. Do you have any advice on families that are? like blended families that are struggling to be cohesive, like if they've been in it for a long time and they just can't seem to feel like a family? Mm -hmm. Well, typically, if there's ever an issue with a kid, regardless of the family dynamic, I always look at the parents. There's a woman that I work with who... I do big events for the military, and when she introduces me, she'll say, and this is Andrea, and she's great, but she will tell you that it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's a, you know, it's a really great setup for me to get up there and then try to win <laughs> over the audience. But wh- when I look at a family, I always look at the parents. What's going on there? And if I can start with the parents then you can start working on the cohesiveness because typically it's one parent not being understanding that the biological parent and the stepkid, that their biological kid need to have their time still and that Mm -hmm. the step-parent is being demanding or being selfish or not recognizing, hey, this is a different dynamic. That is not your child. You, 
you are in this role, you accepted this role. If this isn't working out for you, then this doesn't work out for me because it's hurting my kid mm. or it's hurting your children. Um, and so I would, I really just highly recommend therapy for the, the parents and then maybe a few sessions with the kids and try to get everybody on board mm. and talking and spending time together. That time together, that one-on-one -on -one time together is probably, out of all the things I ever talk about and recommend, people can take it or leave it. People, A lot of people leave it. Some <laughs> people take it. But the one thing that I really encourage taking is that one-on-one -on -one time where you spend that time with your child, where you're not doing any parenting. You're just giving them a lot of positive reinforcement and and that can be like five to ten minutes on absolutely school nights, right? absolutely that's all i really recommend that it be mm. uh, is no more than 10 minutes and nothing electronic just you know i don't know games because i don't i don't <laughs> play games <laughs> uh, my husband is a game player he loves the games <laughs> i can't stand them but I will play Yahtzee, and I beat him four times in a row yesterday, oh so yeah. that was nice. pretty great. <laughs> that was pretty great. So I kind of love Yahtzee right now, <laughs> but as a rule, I don't. But So I'll play games like Uno that don't take much skill, um, Sorry, Candyland, those sorts of games, so that you have a lot of <laughs> opportunities to say, wow, you really spun that spunner, spinner real fast. <laughs> Wow. Man, you really set me back for that double trouble. How <laughs> yes, <laughs> there you go. See, my daughter and I, we do that. We play, I don't know if you've heard Magic the Gathering. It's like a card game. I have, actually. And we trash talk. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. And it drives my wife crazy because she's like, you guys are so mean. But we love our little trash talk. Yeah. And in that trash talk, I'll do that. I'll, man, you really, you know, rung my bell with that card you mm -hmm. played. That was crazy. I'm going to destroy you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And you're having these interactions where she's getting positive reinforcement. You're being very specific about what the good thing that she did was or that you think is positive. And so in that one-on-one -on -one time, that's what, I, um, that's what I hope to see. I usually recommend about 100, which people panic. <laughs> They're like, but I have eight kids. <laughs> like, hey, man, I didn't make the rules. Just saying you need to do it. <laughs> um, that you that you do that five to ten minutes without parenting in those hundred positive reinforcing statements, and on that on the if you Google parent child interactive therapy, there's they have a really great website of of lists that you can print out mm -hmm. to um, cheat sheet if you will on those things that are helpful to say to your kids because sometimes you're not feeling it, yeah. you're not doing anything that great, <laughs> and the only thing that you can say is. Wow, you put on two matching socks today. Congratulations. That's fantastic. <laughs> because that's all you can come up with. You did the bare minimum yes. today. Good yeah. for you. you. Barely slid by. You existed today. <laughs> yes. And you know what? That sometimes on those days that we have, wouldn't it be nice if somebody said, Congratulations, you just existed today. Yeah. If every morning someone just said you got your ass out of bed. Right? Man, I'd start every day, arms in the air. I did it. Exactly. You know? And if we're really specific with our kids, especially if a step parent can be very specific with their stepchildren, because you only have them most of the time, fifty percent or less yeah. of the days of the month. And so you really want to make the most of that by rec reminding yourself, I'm not responsible for this kid's successes or failures, but while they're here, 
they are going to know that when they've done something well, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Mm. Or uh, if their dad or their mom is being stupid <laughs> and I'm going to look at them and I'm going to give them a little wink like, I get it. They're being stupid. I'm on your side, but I don't say anything because that's what I've established. Mm. Right. My stepdaughter and I, my youngest one, we have a, we get each other. <laughs> get each other. She's moved across the country to go to college. And I got to say, I miss her a lot because we kind of are a good support for each other with yeah. being me being married to her dad and her uh, dad being her dad. When He's we so nervous. <laughs> when I go shopping with my husband, he like takes the longest time to decide on anything and he wants to browse and look at everything. And he'll just disappear. We've talked about this. His wife does, they'll just disappear in the store and they'll just be gone. And me and his daughter, his daughter will be like, where's dad now? And I'll be like, I don't know. He's the slowest person in the world. And she's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we'll do that back and yeah. forth. And it's, it's nice because you have like a little person with you that's kind of right. like reinforces it. But, but you're right. not being mean. You're just. No, no, no. <laughs> you're not saying anything bad, but you're sort of, you know, I get it. And yep, they look at you and they're like, annoying. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that's when you say, you know what? We're going to go to the Starbucks Cafe in Super Target, and we're going to get a cookie and a hot chocolate. <laughs> and and we still won't be done. And, we, and we, see, we still won't be done, but we're going to go to a restaurant. We're going to order food. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to do some segments? Yeah. Yes. All right. Jen, do you want to go first? Sure. All right. So. What did you have today? I have a game over. Okay, do you want to explain how this segment works for the uh, old people named Steve? <laughs> to the or the first-time listeners. Or the first-time listeners. A one-up is where you did something awesome as a parent, and a game over is where you sucked as a parent. So I, I had a game over, as per usual. And <laughs> last episode... I told the story about how I asked my daughter to go pee-pee on the potty, and she immediately peed all over the rug right when I said the word pee-pee. Didn't make it to the she potty. Was, she was ready. Yeah. She was prepared. She, she did it, but I shouldn't have said those words. So this time, I'm like, let's go sit on the potty. And she's like, okay. And she goes and sits on the potty. And I tried to use your advice where you try to show them something to keep them on the potty longer. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to show you your Lion King towel because for some reason she thinks it's hilarious. I don't know why. So I'm grabbing it and she immediately stands up and shuts the lid. All done. And she didn't do anything. So I'm like, could you get back on the potty? Because I was going to show you this towel. And she's like, okay. And she stands on the potty <laughs> and just stands there naked <laughs> waiting. So I'm like, close enough so i open the towel and she's like ah, and then proceeds to pee <laughs> on the potty but not in the potty and it like splashed everywhere and it was a giant <laughs> mess and it was the longest pee ever and so i got to clean up pee off the potty but not <laughs> maybe you should like start with the bathtub and work your way to the toilet <laughs> it was so close it was just one lit away from her first potty <laughs> Great. I would say that's definitely a fail. I just, yep. I just didn't say anything. I just said, okay, <laughs> time to get in the bath and then clean that pee for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, she knows exactly what she's supposed to do. I and think she like, does. She's just I'm, fucking with me. I'm just yeah. going to see how far I can push this. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to pee in the sink <laughs> next time. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Probably. She's smart. <laughs> that's a good one. All right, Andrew, what do you got? Okay, I have just effing stuff. <laughs> okay, I don't have a sound drop for that. 
But it's it's where General make one up. Go for it. Good job. Thanks. It's where your kid repeatedly or or your spouse or another parent or a stranger, but probably mostly your kid or spouse (laughs) repeatedly does something, even though you've made it abundantly clear that they need to just stop. Okay. So when (laughs) this is so much disclosure, but (laughs) it could help somebody. So my son, when he was in first grade, started doing this weird thing where he would snap his fingers before every, after, before, sorry, before he would turn the page when he was learning how to read. So learning how to read is (laughs) already painful enough on parents, but then he would do a very slow, like the slowest snap, slow motion snap, and then he would let me turn the page. Is that like, was it like a reward? Like, oh, I read a page. (laughs) Yes. Or was he like, like the butler, like, I'm ready. Turn (laughs) the page, peasant. Well, I didn't know what, I thought it was like, oh, he's practicing his snapping. He learned how to snap, so now he wants to snap, but real, real slow, so he gets it right. Then a few years later, he just kept doing these weird things. (laughs) And I would yell at him, like, stop doing that like stop hitting your chest like a <laughs> like a orangutan or stop flexing your arm S- just stop it oh my gosh once we were walking in the mall he was probably 14 and he was doing this weird rolling sensation with his knee like he would walk and then he'd snap his leg at the <laughs> knee and walk again like s- snap snap and i just stopped i was like what in the F? <laughs> Why are you? Stop it. Stop doing that. He's like, I can't help it. I'm like, yeah, you can. Just you just watch me. Follow my steps. <laughs> totally like, I was so annoyed. <laughs> well, bad, totally bad mom. This is like all of the, all of your <laughs> things that you do. Crying, bad mom fails. You can give me a big <laughs> fail, like lots of them. Well, he was diagnosed with Tourette's. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Right. Like the dick. Oh the whole yes. Time. You can stop. It's easy. Yes. As you're Just. googling, how can I erase my child's memory? <laughs> yes, exactly. So yes. So he was diagnosed with Tourette, <laughs> and um, so he has lots of ticks and lots of quirks and the snapping and all of all of his whole life just came together. Like, <laughs> so fast. I was like, I am the worst. So how many years was it before diagnosis? Yeah, that you were like, just uh, fucking stop to, oh, shit. From about two until. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> I think he was diagnosed when he was 13, maybe 14. Oh, I can just pitch like you in the mall. Decade. Just fucking stop. What do you have, like Tourette's? <laughs> maybe. Maybe, <laughs> mom. <laughs> maybe I do. That actually happened to him at work. At work, he had a tick where he punches the side of his body and somebody at work said, dude, what's wrong with you? Do you have Tourette's or something? And he was like, actually, yes, I do. (laughs) I do. In fact, the guy was like, oh, sorry, man. (laughs) Foot and mouth. (laughs) That's my just effing stop it. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's like a game over and just fucking (laughs) like all in one. (laughs) Yes. All right. I'm going to tell my story, my New Year's Eve story. This was a... I guess a true crime. Do we have a true crime drop? Is it this one? It is this one. I can't hear anything. You can't hear it? What'd you do? Oh, now I can. Okay, now you can. Not up in here! That's like, <laughs> that's like all I have. That's all it is. 
There's not much to it. <laughs> but so New Year's Eve, Jen's hosting a game night. We and love games here. So <laughs> <laughs> you walked Ed. into the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> but so Jen's hosting a game night. And we had exhausted my dad in watching my daughter for the days that she had off school and we had to work. And we exhausted my wife's parents for the same thing. Mm -hmm. And she's 12, so she doesn't want a babysitter. And so we didn't want to miss game night. So I talked with my wife and I was like, what if we had a friend sleepover and then the two girls could just have the place to themselves. We go to game night. We've got a security camera. They can call us if they need anything. All the neighbors are home. And she's like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. So message uh, my daughter's friend's parents, and they're like, absolutely fine. You know, we do that with our daughter all the time. Totally safe. Totally cool. (laughs) This is what started me down a road of of anger. Her parents were over an hour late dropping her off. So we tell her parents, yeah, drop her off around 6. Our game night's at 7. Come 7. We haven't (laughs) heard anything. Like, what the hell? You know, so they're just like, oh, we're running late. We'll be there. So already I was in a bad mood. So we come to game night. We're at game night. Midnight hits. And I get a call from my daughter and her friend. And they're like, hey, can we walk up the street to my cousin's house? I want to see if they're doing fireworks. And in my head, I'm like, no, this is not a good (laughs) idea. But at the same time, I don't want to be that, like, parent that's, like, lame and, like, not going to let their kids do it because I know they're going to do it anyways. So I don't want to set them up to fail, you know. <laughs> I know they're going to go out and do it. So I say, yes, as long as you take keys and you're not out more than like five or ten minutes. So we leave. We leave here. It had to have been, what, like 12.45, yeah, 1 o'clock. Probably. And as we're driving home, I get a phone call from some random phone number. And I answer it, and it's my daughter. <laughs> Dad, we got locked out. <laughs> That's impossible because I told both of you to take keys and you both said yes. So you can just use the keys to unlock the front door. Dad, we don't have keys. You, Where are the keys? I told you to bring keys. Well, I just put my shoe in the door to prop it open and it slipped. Oh. And then I was like, wait, where are you? We're just up the street at a neighbor's house. Which neighbor? We don't know. <laughs> So you just knocked on a random person's door at 1 a.m.? Well, their lights were on. It's like, oh, my goodness. Very resourceful. I was like, like, get home, we'll be there. So we pull in about 15 minutes later. They're both sitting out on the step in flip-flops and shorts and (laughs) T-shirts. Just like a 12-year-old would. And and yeah, I was that parent. I got them inside, and I just said, not a word, not a sound. Both of you to bed right now. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I go climb in bed, and sure enough, Aubrey is crying. And, <laughs> you know, and I, I felt bad because I was still like pissed in the morning. <laughs> but her friend is a lot, uh, I'd say, more mature than I am. Because, like, <laughs> I get up and I walk into the kitchen, I just hear, Hi, Aubrey's dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, sorry about last night. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't know what to do do for punishment because I take away electronics. She wasn't playing, using electronics. <laughs> I can't take away. Take away her house, so, obviously. <laughs> so I decided to take away something that she probably wouldn't have. That was if you get invited to a sleepover in the next month, my answer is no. 
which is something that Dick move. <laughs> she, she's she's not going to get invited to a sleepover in the next month. But what if she did? Wouldn't you be sad that you made her say no? No, <laughs> because I asked her. We always ask her, "Do you think this punishment's fair?" And she said yes. Hmm. But yeah, I was so angry. And then when her <laughs> parents came to pick up my daughter's friend, sorry we were late yesterday. It's like, oh my goodness, these people. <laughs> but I didn't wrap her friend out to her parents. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. You cool dad. That would have been the punishment. And they already oh, were yeah. punished. Fear, cold, flip flops, shorts, waiting. Waiting. Oh, waiting. Waiting. Wait, having to sit on the porch knowing that you're on the oh, way. That was the worst as a kid. Yeah. Wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> oh shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes life punishes you enough. It does. It does. <laughs> How we learn. Yep. So th- <laughs> yeah, that was my that was the, the nightcap to my my New Year's Eve. Should we yeah. end on a I'm not crying, you're crying? Yeah. Do you want to share your I'm not crying, you're crying? So that's the sweet story? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a funny drop for that one. That's not the right one. <laughs> Learn your buttons. That's this one. It's really sweet. I'm not crying. I'm sweating through my eyes. I have crippling depression. <laughs> that's my. That's my. I'm not. I'm not crying. You're crying. So when you when your kids get older, you realize that they have a m- not just a mind of their own, but they have. They start turning into little people that see past their own nose. And it's kind of a crazy thing that starts happening where he'll ask me, how was your day, mom? When does that start happening? When they're uh, like 50? It or? started happening maybe like four months ago. So. Oh, so 20. <laughs> I mean, but, it, but it's not daily. See, Aubrey <laughs> will do that from time to time. Yeah. And I, and I think it's because I sat down and, you know, told her that I was suffering with depression and this is why dad's this way. So she'll check in from time to time like that. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's, but typically, no, no, that doesn't happen. (laughs) Especially boys. Girls are much more (laughs) intuitive and on it. Boys, I mean, I could be laying there in tears with my leg half severed and he'd be (laughs) like, how's it going, mom? (laughs) Good. And then just keep on walking. So. As he's punching himself. As he's ticking. And yes. (laughs) (laughs) So. He, so, Chris or New Year's Eve this year, my husband was um, in Maine with his family. So I was home by myself, and my son was going over to his girlfriend's house because their family was having a party. And if anybody knows me, they love know that I love being home alone. I <laughs> love the silence and the solitude. Yes. There isn't anything better. I was so happy <laughs> that that's what my New Year's Eve looked like. <laughs> and I said to him. Take the garage door opener because I'm going to lock the slider um, so that I can just go to bed and not worry about it. And he said, you know what you need? What you need to do is you need to go get that knife that I gave you when I went away to college. Is it still in the car? I said, yeah, it's still in the car. He said, good. (laughs) Go get it. Make sure that it's okay. Put it by your bed so that since I won't be here to protect you, you can protect yourself. But I won't be that late after midnight. Oh, so, so cute. very sweet. <laughs> and th- thinking about his mother's protection as though I would know how to use a knife. Yeah. How, how good are your knife skills? <laughs> so not good. I'm scared to open them because then I have to close it and I think I'm going to chop off my own finger. <laughs> and this one is like, I don't know where he got it. But anyways, it was very sweet. That, that is, is very so sweet. cute. 
Well, cool. Well, Andrea, thanks for coming. It's been really nice having you here, and I feel like I've learned a ton already. Yeah, very informative. <laughs> Thank you. I had a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah very we'd love good. To, love to have you back on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like. Anytime. Perfect. Cool. All right. Well, we want to thank all of our listeners, new and old, and maybe if you took a break there through the middle of our catalog and came back, the audio's better. Yay. We've done a bunch of upgrades. New equipment. Um, we want to thank our patrons. Yeah, speaking of equipment, yeah. <laughs> if you want to donate to the show, feel free. Yeah, I mean, even even a dollar a month goes a long ways. Um, Unqualifiedparenting.com. Yep, hit us up. We're still working on some unique and special stuff for our patrons. Um, maybe we'll do some bonus episodes or something. Yeah, and if there's anything that you want covered or any questions you have. Or, or maybe questions for Andrea and we can have her back and yeah. have her back to answer some of those questions. And we have Dino we plan on bringing back who's a single mom who had a kid by yourself. And if there's any single moms out there that have questions, then... Then yeah, just yeah. hit us up at... Hello. At unqualifiedparenting.com. Um, you can... Find us on anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please, you know, refer or I guess refer your family and friends. Um, and congratulations. You survived another uh, fortnight of parenting. I, I